From the studios of Fractal Recording, this is the Profit First Podcast, Episode 5. And you're rocking out. (laughs) You like that? Solo. You're like mouth guitaring or something. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a gazoo without the gazoo. (laughs) Like Kirk Hammett playing with his teeth. Hey, uh, welcome everyone. The Profit First Podcast. Uh, This is episode five and we're having so much fun here. I'm Chris Kern. I'm the founder of Fractal Recording. And I'm Mike Michalowicz. I'm the author of Profit First. And you know what we do on this show, Chris? We talk about profit, the alpha and omega of a business. It's all about the numbers, brother. That's right. Profit, it's not about the revenue. It's about the profit. It's not about the expenses either. It's about the profit. Yeah, it's the bottom line, right? I'll tell you, I'd rather have a company that does 200000 and I'm taking home one hundred ninety-nine than a company that does $10 million and I'm taking home 50000 Right. Because as the business gets bigger, the stress gets bigger. You know, the goal is the bottom line. And you know what we do in this show, which you do know, is we talk about profit, but we have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun, and we're available as a podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, and of course the website, ProfitFirstPodcast.com. We've had four previous guests. Um, yeah, Michael Port, Dory Clark, Barry Moltz, John Bates. Today we have Cindy Thomason and Brent Robinson. They're going to they're gonna rock your world, because we're going to be talking from an industrial, industrial, in an industry perspective. Right. But before we do that, I want to share... Our sponsors. Yes, please do. Uh, Nextiva has stepped up again. Nextiva. They heard our first four episodes. <laughs> they said, we're out. <laughs> you're done. And we're done. You're done. And I said, you know, <laughs> the contract says you're in for eight. Now, here's the thing. The contract said they're in for four. <laughs> you said, please give us another yeah. chance. So they did. So Nextiva stepped up again. They're our primary sponsor. And what that means is... They paid a little bit more money <laughs> to uh, share a little bit more about them. You yeah. know what they do? Yes. What? They do uh, voice. It's a voice over IP right. phone system. Yes. A very sophisticated one. And that's the big deal. Like about a it. real phone system. Yeah. Perfect for a business. If you have 10 employees or less, Nextiva is the company to use. I've personally been using them for four years now. Love their phone system. It does all the VoIP stuff, but at a, a very professional, professional level. Right. Um, and, and it's way more affordable than the traditional phone systems, of course. Right. It's the best. But there's two new sponsors that yeah, stepped on. Yeah, wow. We need, like, applause or something. Yeah. So, uh, oh, there it is. Yeah. yeah. Two people. Yeah. T-Sheets <laughs> has come on board just recently. T-Sheets has a time tracking software. So, if you have employees that you need to track their time, you can go online with T-Sheets, track their time. It's awesome because it doesn't just track people's times. It can track uh, job costing, all those different things you need to be profitable. (laughs) And the third sponsor, Fundera. Whoa. Yeah. It's fun, F-U-N-D-E-R-A. It's like, I dare you to have fun, Dara. But what Fundera does in the real world is funding. And if you need money for your business, say you need to get a loan or something to grow your business, go to fundera.com. They outsource your request to all the funding sources that are out there. So you don't have to call like 20 banks in a row like, or I'm sorry, 300 banks like Disney did. Mm. If Disney really wanted to have a successful start, he could have just gone to (laughs) fundera.com back in the 1920s. Duh. Or whatever. Or 1950s. Yeah. 20s, I think. Was it? It was, it was a long time back. He did it before World War One and Two, huh? Or, I think. Wow. I don't know. Some of the rides do seem like they're from <laughs> 1920. Have you been on Space Mountain? It's like, 
come on. Yeah. This roller coaster is so 1920s. <laughs> so you've been good, man. What have you been up to? I've been good. Uh, personal situation, I got this red blotch. I don't know if you can see that. Actually, I didn't notice. Oh, thank God. Yeah, I don't notice these things. And uh, I started filming a TV pilot, which I'll tell you on a different episode because we don't have time to dig in. Right. This blotch starts coming to my face like the day I'm about to start filming. I'm on set for five consecutive days, blotched up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't mean to laugh at you, bro. But did they you know, did they use the makeup and cover it up there? There was a little bit of makeup covering it, which made it like more blotchy. Oh. Because now, eh, but whatever. So what's up? What have you been yeah. up to? Yeah. Well, we went to visit some friends for a meditation, a uh, little bit of a meditation gathering near Corning, New York. And we went mm. to the Corning Museum of Glass. Unbelievable, dude. Yeah, they have some, that's a nice glass they have. Oh, it, it's crazy. They make everything. They make all different kinds of glass. We got to see them make some of the glass, and they use it for telescopes and satellites, and it's... It's all done by hand. That's the amazing thing. It's all glass blowers from the 1920s <laughs> at Corning's factory. That's how they keep the cost so it's low. amazing. Fiber yeah. optics. Amazing stuff. Yeah. We, we take for granted so much in our lives. It's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. No. Cool. We're, Corning's cool. Yeah, it was good. All right, can we get to our guests? Because I'm fired up. To Let's do. Oh wait, do we need to uh, put our guests on oh, hold for gosh, a couple I seconds? Forget, yes, put them on mute for okay. only ten uh, seconds. Hold on. Okay, hold on. They can't hear us now. La la la. All right, yeah, we're good. We're okay, good. so here's the deal, dude. Yeah. The word today is supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> you have to use it. I have to. Okay. This was submitted by one of our listeners. I can Heidi. I I'm sorry, I don't remember her name. She said that's the word I want Chris to use. She said, Wow. And you got to throw it in there. Now, here's the key. You can't just say the word. You got to sneak it in at some inappropriate time. That's the key word. But they can't detect it. Right. Our guests. So just for the listeners, we come up with a word and we try to use it in the interview, but our guests don't know it. Yeah. It's so crazy. It's pretty funny. Okay. All right. So cool. Should I bring him back in? Yes, please. All right. Hold on. Okay. So, okay. so do you know who's with us today? I do. Okay. Here, I have two guests today. First of all, Cindy Thomason. Cindy Thomason is a professional bookkeeper. She outsources her services to folks throughout uh, Arkansas, actually throughout the country, but Arkansas is where she is. She's in the Northwest. She's a profit-first professional. That means she's certified in the profit-first method. Um, And she's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And... I called Cindy. I said, hey, we'd love to have you on the show because we want to learn some insights that she could share um, about growing profit in the business because she works with so many. She's like, I'll bring on my favorite client. Oh. Perfect. So it's like, oh, you're having me as a guest. Like, which oh. kind of. <laughs> and she goes, no, no, yeah, no, not you. Uh, no, she wanted to bring on Brent Robinson, and Brent's been kind enough to join us. He is the founder of ModThink. It is a social media strategy firm. So today's episode, we're going to talk about driving profit in social media. If you have, if you have a social media firm, this guy knows how to do it. Cindy is the one doing the numbers for him. And if you don't have one of those firms, you're going to glean insights anyway. Yeah, of course. Right. Let's say hello. So welcome, Cindy and Brent. Hello. Yes, I knew they were going to say hello at the same time. Yeah, we should. Yeah, you, yeah, we should have done that. That's okay, Cindy. Great to have you. Great, thanks. I'm tickled to be here. Right? Where, where are you calling in from today, Cindy? A parking lot by any chance? <laughs> a parking garage. It's, it's great. Yeah, that's so funny. You're stuck in a parking garage when you called us. That that's bizarre, but great. Were you yeah, were you shopping? Was it shopping or no, was it? Bizarre? No, I was at a meeting and they give me this little um, validation. Um, ticket to get out but their machines won't read it and the parking uh attendant is is at lunch okay <laughs> so uh, i think if, if this is a prospective client for you run <laughs> run <Yeah>, exactly <laughs> and uh brent where are you going how are you doing today brent i am doing well good oh the connection's great 
Yes. I, I am not in the car with her. I am not. A, I, I'm in my office. <laughs> so why don't we get started here? We, Brent, we want to learn a little about your business. Tell us exactly what you do, who you do it for, and how long you've been in business. That's your, your history and background, so folks can, can cue in on that. Okay. Um, so uh, I've been doing social media strategies for small businesses for uh, two and a half years now. Um, the, the little secret about Northwest Arkansas, um, besides being the University of Arkansas um, Razorbacks, is we have this other uh, big company here called Walmart. Um, and Walmart has this entire infrastructure around it, which is all of the vendors who are trying to sell products there, all the companies are trying to service uh, Walmart. And there are, are all kinds of people like myself that help those companies do, do what they do for, for uh for Walmart, so so are you basically the second one down this the waterfall? Walmart to your clients, and your clients the business goes to you. Well, you know it, it, that's one segment of our business that we're working on, um, but it's definitely where I cut my teeth working with um, with a number of agencies up there. The challenge that I experienced was the big brands, you know, they'll hire an agency and outsource their social media to the agency to do it. Right. As soon as the budget's done, as soon as the, uh, the project's over, this two-way medium that has just been created is suddenly turned off. And unless there's somebody there at the brand, at the organization that knows how to use it, it can actually be a negative for, for any brand or any company. So we developed ModThink to make sure that companies know how to do their social media themselves. So so are you saying, so Walmart says, we're gonna stop buying whatever service from whoever, the budget's cut, and now the social media aspect of that, that was associated with that budget just stops? Well, I, it may be that it was cut, or it may just be the end of the campaign, but if you've outsourced it to an agency, um, you know, it's different than placing an ad in a magazine, right? The magazine just sits there. But a social media channel like a Facebook page, people are coming in and coming out and talking. And, and if you're not there to respond to them, um, you, you potentially have, you know, a, a liability on your hands as opposed to an asset. So um, it, it may be that the budget ended for, for whatever reason. Uh, but there's got to be some folks there that know how to manage the brand and not you know, the biggest companies will have a social media team and or person involved. But anybody who's in that, you know, second or third tier of vendors to Walmart or small businesses, uh, small and medium sized businesses anywhere, um, don't necessarily have the resources to hire somebody to do that full time. That's where we come in. So are you, just so I'm absolutely clear here, Brent, are you focusing on the transition from an, an ending of a social media campaign, the completion of a social media campaign, but giving it continuity by educating people in-house? Or are you also just the social media guy, like you'll do the entire campaign for them? You know what, if we can be brought in on the front end, that's the best possible scenario. And we look at the long-term relationship um, of, of the client that they're trying to have with their customers. And so we're trying to make sure that they've got all of the social media pieces connected to the website, connected to the CRM system on the back end. So there's a technology component to it. But more importantly, it's how are you telling your story? How are you humanizing your brand and connecting with people well after a campaign that raises high awareness is over? How do you drag that, that tail out as long as you can and get as much from it as you can? So that's, that's what we're doing is we're, we come in and we say, Okay, 
the agency is going to get all kinds of eyeballs that are going to come and look at your at your product, at your website, at your Facebook page. But when they're gone, how do we keep those people around? What stories do we tell to make sure that they know they want to buy your product again um, and, and want to be a part of it? How do they? How do we engage that relationship so that they they become emotionally attached to what you're doing? Um, and and it, it's not just on product attributes. Got it, got it. And there's usually uh, lead gen involved in this too, right? That's what a lot of the social is used for, lead generation. Is that true? Absolutely. It can be anything from a business to consumer. I'm trying to get somebody to walk into my store and buy something or walk in or click into my uh, e-commerce and, and buy something. Or it may be I'm trying to make sure when I go to that B2B situation and I'm at a conference and I meet some people, you know, I, I come back to LinkedIn and I continue my relationship well beyond the, the you know, face-to-face relationship that we just had. So, so let's get to the nitty-gritty, uh, the, the money side for your business, Brent. How do you, just tell us how you generate revenue from this. Is it a project basis? Is it per success? How, how do you do it? So, so we have found um, there's a, all of the above. <laughs> I like the way you roll, small, sir. <laughs> we're a small business, so we try to accommodate our clients based on what they've got. And I usually say, okay, there's a spectrum of you're going to do this yourself and you're going to outsource it to an agency. And we've got to find where on that sliding scale, um, you know, between your skill set, your resources, and your budget – that we can help you, right? Do you need us there full time or do you need us just to come in once in a while and check how you're doing? Now, for the type of work you do, where's the money made? Is there certain types of projects that are more profitable for you than others? Um, Well, um, definitely, um, you know, there's there's campaigns that we do that can be profitable. Um, anytime we're doing something in the political field, usually has uh, has has a good up, upswing for us. Um, but if I do a good project with somebody, and the way that we approach our 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 um, customer service, um, we've developed a relationship there that they say, "Listen, you're a part of our team. We want you to be around." So they retain us after that. So we're going into our third year now, and the the neat thing about it is. Uh, you know, where profit first is really starting to make sense is, um, you know, when Cindy's looking at our projections for 2015, you know, it's it's neat that we have a combination of of uh, projects, you know, campaign projects that are short term and long term uh, retainer type projects. And, and what about pricing? So I, I believe, but I could be totally misguided here, there's a lot of social media folks out there. It seems like everyone and their mother including my mother, uh, does social media. And how do you compete? How do, how do you break out of the price competition game? Like, you know, why aren't you cheaper than the other guy? How, how do you stay competitive yet not compete on price? Um, so that's a great question. And the, the thing is... Thank you. Uh, Chris wrote that question down. That was, <laughs> I just asked it, but it was Chris's question. All right, I'm sorry. The, uh, the, uh, the way that we're able to distinguish ourselves, I think, is... We look at this as social media. When you take media out of it, it's social. It's about relationships. It's about people connecting with people. And when it's all said and done, that's what the world's all about. Um, And we approach our clients the same way. And that's how we set ourselves apart. I have got certain clients that I imagine my competition would look at and would say they're difficult to work with. 
And I'm thinking, no, they're not. They're just regular people, and they have, you know, their schedule moves around because they do this or they do that. And we try to accommodate that. Um, and that's what keeps us, they, they keep asking us back. Almost like you're a specialist in people that are needy. <laughs> I mean, I didn't mean that to be funny, but it actually sounds funny. But it sounds like you've built expertise around kind of high demand type people. Um, I, sort of, I guess. Um, the uh, I, I think the way I look at it is everybody needs a little bit of business therapy. And, um, you know, I, I've done enough startups and stuff now that, you know, I, I started out as an architect and went into technology and did the, the dot-com thing out on the West Coast and then came back here and have, uh, you know, had an ice cream shop. So, uh, you know, I've done a bunch of, you know, fun different things that I can draw from. And, uh, you know, and, and my team has similar types of broad experiences. Um, but when it's, you know, we can channel that on one of our, our uh, small to medium-sized businesses. And I'm talking about, you know, it could be a mom-and-pop shop to, you know, 100 people you know, not huge, uh, but we can sit down and work with those teams. We can we can simply just sit down and spend a little extra time with them, and they feel like they are being treated phenomenally. And and I think you know other folks try to you know rush through that whole relationship building part of stuff, but because it's such an ingrained part of what we do, um, it, it's it's really easy to to just make it a part of our everyday business. So, Cindy, I have a question for you. Do you have something to say, Chris? Well, I well, I just wanted to ask you, Brent, um, in your own business, getting you know, getting more clients to be more profitable in your own business, um, is it? Do you use social your own social media marketing to do that? And 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 how you know how is it? Is it the same thing you do for yourself as you do for your clients? Is that how you're profitable? Absolutely, we eat our own dog food. Yes, we do. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say, I eat my own ice cream. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> well, you're an ice cream guy. Yes. What, what, by the way, and this is a total aside, what is the most popular ice cream? Because everyone says it's vanilla. Is that really true? Um, actually, it depends on which part of the country you're in. So. Well, Arkansas. What's the most popular ice cream in Arkansas? It's going to be... Um, pistachio, uh, uh, pistachio, pistachio. I'm rooting for pistachio. Or butter pecan. But yeah. Oh, butter pecan. Really? Yeah, butter yeah. pecan's freaking awesome, dude. You ever have yeah. it? And and it's like the least profitable because the pecans are so expensive. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Well, hey, well then now let's go right into profit. How, if, if your most popular product is your least profitable, your, I'm sorry, your most popular is least profitable, how does that work? How do you make money then? Uh, quit offering it. I- <laughs> <laughs> really? But wouldn't people stop coming to your store if you didn't have your buttered pecan? Oh man, this is such a crazy question. Um, yeah, you will lose customers as a result of it. And then you try to say, "Hey, listen, Chunky Monkey is even better." So okay, so you try to redirect them. Yeah, it's kind of a crazy question. Yeah, it's it's tough. Cindy, talking about crazy questions. What am I thinking right now? Now, um, Cindy, <laughs> you and you're right, butter. You. You go in. You went into Brent's business to help him increase his profits or managing the books. What do you do when you walk into a business like Brent to take a good, you know, establish great business and make it an extraordinary profitable business? Well, for Brent, he was a um, just starting, and so I had the opportunity to work with him and create the books, you know, as as they were just getting set up. So a lot of it was just setting things up so that we could get the information that we needed out of the system and, of course, track things for the um, tax accountants, et cetera. Um, but as I work with them over time, 
I, I'm always looking at um, where we can be um, more efficient uh, and optimize our resources on the expense side of things and what are they doing to, to bring revenue in the door and looking at that combination of things to ensure that, that profits what we're going to end up with. I mean, do, do you find that certain things that Brent's doing is resulting in better bottom line results than other things? Um, I think they are in that formative stage where we're starting to set up some processes and systems and that those are going to drive um, better information coming out of the accounting system to be able to make, um, to be able to answer that question. I don't think we're c- completely there yet. Um, but I think the systems that they're creating and the, the accounting system that we're using to track is, is when we get a little bit more time under our belt, we'll have um, some, some good answers. Which accounting system do you recommend or use? Uh, I use QuickBooks Online oh, with uh, all my clients. Could you beep over that, uh, Chris? I think, <laughs> I think they're not a sponsor yet. No. <laughs> so uh, we will make them a sponsor so we don't have to beep over it. But um, so, so, Brent, ever since Cindy has been in working with your books, how has that served you? Are you, are you finding it to be helpful? Is it, is it too much numbers? Are, are, do you even care about the books and you're just looking at the bank accounts? Like, how's it helped or not? So, so a quick background on me is I started out, my training was as an architect and, and I actually worked in the architectural field for a while and then mm. realized I didn't have some of the business things that I needed when I was out doing technology in San Francisco. So I went back to school and got an MBA. So that's, that's the combination of things that I've kind of uh, included there. Even though I got an MBA, hey, I got into architecture in the first place because I didn't like math. Um, and needed engineers to do that for me. And so the same kind of thing here. I, I understand the, you know, the accounting and I understand the finances, but it is not my favorite thing. Um, when I introduce Cindy to people when we're in meetings, I introduce her as our virtual C- CFO because that's the service that she's actually providing. It's gone so far beyond just looking at our books and getting us set up so the technology works. Right. Actually getting very proactive about okay, hey, listen, you can't just keep dispersing everything to everybody all at once. We need to be planning for the highs and lows and the seasonality and some other things. And so it's been, it's been, she's brought wisdom to what we've been doing. Well, now that you have some time under your belt with the business, you've seen the highs and lows, the seasonality, you've brought in an expert. If you were starting over from scratch, Brent, in this exact same business, what steps would you take right away to make it more profitable? Oh gosh, what a question! That was also, that was also uh, Chris's, by the way. All doozy. the good ones, all the good ones are used. Is a little super expeditious, califragilis, whatever, oh. whatever that word goes. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. That's it. That was it. That's the word. That's the word I was looking for. Um, it is a little bit like that. So you're starting over again. What would you say to your younger self two and a half years ago? Uh, let's see. What would I say to myself? Um, Put off getting an office as long as you possibly can. Uh, so, all right, so that's a great tip already. Is why do you not even need that? Do do customers even care about that? Your customers or clients? You know, we did we did manage to do that for a long time, and and we tried, and then then we backed out, and now we are in an office. It's a requirement now because the okay. team's you know four people and two interns, and so we have to have places to meet and okay. places to meet our clients, but. The first time we did it, we weren't ready. We okay. Weren't ready. And, and, and suddenly our mindset changed when we were um, having to, to meet our expenses as opposed to meeting the goals of our clients. 
and it, it just changes your brain when you're when you're sitting down with a client and uh, you know instead of trying to get the best for them you're thinking about making sure you get that paycheck and and that's right. a mentality it's it's and it's not good so so ditch think, the office what else would have you done what else would I do uh, you wouldn't do this podcast <laughs> try and do this podcast sooner maybe <laughs> okay right oh, yeah ooh. very nicely done make sure you expedite this one do this one quick Chris <laughs> so okay. Uh, you know, I, I think in our early stages, we didn't pay attention to customer service as much as we should have. And Interesting. Uh, and, and I think learned a few uh, difficult lessons there with a few of our early clients. And they're still friends, uh, but not they're not still clients. And so uh, there's a reason for that. And I think we've been able to, uh, to learn from that quite a bit. Well, I, now I want to hear the secret to this because this sounds like a critical thought. What, what didn't you do and what are you doing now? with that customer service aspect? You know, I, I think part of what was happening in the early stages, because we were under, maybe maybe this answers the question better, is, you know, we were still trying to define what our products and our services were. Gotcha. Um, and, we, and we knew a lot about what we, were, what we were trying to accomplish, but we had to work out a lot of things. And with small businesses, you get in there, and suddenly we were trying to solve every problem. And we've gotten really good now about going, you know what? We just bumped up against one of the guardrails we set for ourselves. You're going to need to solve that problem yourself. That's, that's not – granted, we've had those experiences, and we could probably help you with it, or we can introduce you to somebody before we couldn't say no. So I think we've learned to say no properly. Gotcha. Hey, any favorite quotes you have, Brent, or any kind of things you've heard in the past that you rely on? Uh, think big, start small, scale fast. Wow, that's a good one. Wow, I'm going to write that down. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Cindy, what about you? Any any final thoughts you can share uh, or insights that you've learned uh, as you've been helping Brent and his business that you can share with our listeners about profitability? Well, I, I really enjoyed getting to um, hear Dr. Edward Stemming speak, the guru of quality, and he always said, by what method? You know, it's one thing to set goals and create budgets, but the methodology for how you're going to get there is what's going to drive your ability to meet those goals. So I, I really always hear in my head when somebody says, we're going to raise our profit 10%, I'm like, by what method? Oh, I like it. Method. Pro- Yo, someone's a process person. You know, isn't Edward Stemming, <laughs> isn't he the founder of Lean Manufacturing? No, that was uh, <laughs> after him. He, 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 he was the... Uh, <laughs> he was the guy that went into Japan after World War uh, He was two, with Toyota, right? Didn't he work for Toyota? Didn't he go to Japan with Toyota? I thought he brought lean manufacturing to Toyota. Maybe not. I, Toyota. I, I don't think whole... him. No, I don't uh, think so. God, I, thought, I, I felt so smart for a second. Right? I feel like a fool. <laughs> hey, I had, I had one question. Yeah, one. Are, are we ready for one more? Yeah. I, I just have one more, and it's, it's really for you, Cindy. Um, you know, we're talking about being clear on, on revenue and profit and all this stuff. As a bookkeeper slash virtual CFO, do you literally have 100% clarity on all the numbers and all the flow of money, or are you like 90% sure of where everything's going and coming from? I mean, can you are you ever really 100% clear? Hmm. No, because I'm dealing with people that you know are, are out in the field making decisions, and they're going, they're giving me their best information, but it may not. Uh, that that client, you know, may not pay at the end of the month like they were expecting to. So it's a fluid thing. And we, you know, we look, I work with my clients um, every week to look at cash flow plans for the week. And and that's 
you know, that's part of the fun of business is that goes up and down and changes. So um, I, I, I would never want it to just be um, 100% sure. Right, right. Yeah, and that good. sounds good. I mean, it's diminishing returns. You can get so accurate that you get within the penny, but who cares? <laughs> you know, you're, yeah. you're wasting time. Um, yeah. Okay, the last question we always wrap on, and Brent, we're going to wrap up with you. How important is profit to your business? Well, profit's significant. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's absolutely important. Um, you know, one of the things that as I've been learning about Profit First from Cindy and what she's been doing for us, um, you know, we've made it a very much a part of being transparent with our team about that so that they understand, you know, raises don't happen unless we take care of these things. And so, you know, my team now starts to question those things. Do we do we really need to have a team lunch right now? Do, do we need to... To, to spend this extra money on this particular thing here. So I think those things are connected, and, and it's been uh, 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 critically important, I think, to how we motivate and how we uh, communicate what we're doing. I love hearing That's that. That's awesome. I love hearing that you're talking to your employees and your colleagues and saying, and they're saying, let's skip the lunch today, <laughs> um, boss, because we want to save money. Hey, Brent, um, people listening in right now definitely want to find out more about you. Where can they get information about your business and yourself? Um, I'd love for you to come to our website. It's uh, modthink.com. Find us on Facebook. Find us on LinkedIn. Or any social media outlet. Yeah. (laughs) I hope. Uh, Do a a search for ModThink, and I think you'll find us. Great. Thanks, Brent. Awesome. Thank you, Brent. And Cindy. Cindy, Cindy, Cindy. Someone (laughs) needs – a lot of people listening in right now need an awesome bookkeeper to get their finances in place. Where do they find out more about you? Uh, I'm on the web also at bookskeep.com, and with Brent's help, you can find me on LinkedIn and Facebook as well if you search for bookskeep.com. Ooh, sounds like a little exchange. Sounds like a little bartering's going Brent on. Brent helped her. She's <laughs> helped. I get it. We help each other. Yeah, good. That's how the how things roll. Well, enjoy the fine weather in Arkansas this winter. and uh, <laughs> in, in that parking garage. Yeah, in the parking garage. <laughs> right here. And we'll continue to freeze up here in New Jersey. Yeah. It's great talking with you both. Thank you, guys. Great. Thank right, you we'll, so much. We'll see you. That's awesome. So, Thank you. Chris, talk to me, bro. What did you learn? I mean, I got, I got a page full of notes here. Can you see that? Yes. What did you learn? I, you know, it's, um, I, I thought the best question you asked, which I, I think you attributed it to me, which yeah. wasn't true, but um, was if you had if you had to start, a, or what would you tell yourself you start over. when you were starting? What yeah. would you do? And he said, put off getting an office. He said, pay more attention to customer service. And he also mentioned in the beginning they were still kind of defining their products and services, and that was so they were a little bit yes fluid floating, yeah. fluid that way yeah. And so th- there's a big lesson there when when people start a business, there's fixed expenses. And what I mean by fixed, there's no such thing as a permanently fixed expense. But an office is a recurring liability responsibility. We step into that way too early. None of your clients, none of his clients, give it two hoots where his office is. They care about their social media. You can run out of a library at first, but paying 500, 5,000, whatever the number is for office space can sink a business. Money, especially in the beginning stage when there's no money coming in, is absolutely critical. So I loved hearing that. I, um, Cindy said a couple of things I liked. First of all, she said, just, just start doing the books. You know, she's he outsourced it to her, but just by getting in the routine of looking at numbers, there's stuff to be found. Uh, and she's like, we're optimizing resources. We're going through the numbers and we're optimizing resources. My biggest takeaway: 
Butter Pecan is yes. the number one hit in Arkansas. In Arkansas. Who knew? I was I was going to totally guess uh, mint chocolate chip, but that would have been, that's oh, totally that's, wrong. Why, not well, even close. Not, not even close. <laughs> I, I thought it was pistachio because that's my personal favorite, uh, but uh, no, it's Butter Pecan. But isn't that funny? He goes, but they don't like Butter Pecan. I mean, it's, he doesn't like selling it because it's so expensive. Right. So I just, I know some, a guy who just, uh, he kind of bought, well, I think he bought a pecan farm in Texas. Did he? So that's, that's an option. Buy your own farm of pecans. <laughs> make your own ice cream. Make your, yeah. Um, but he said he doesn't make money at it. So I, I said, what's your tip? And he says, just drop it. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that one. If your customers are coming for that, maybe you can say, you know, buy butter pecan and, uh, and you'll get like two mint chocolates uh, at half price or something to start persuading people to change. But if you just remove it, they're going to go looking for that pecan farm i know or another ice cream shop but that's a tough one because what if what if i mean obviously in an ice cream shop they're buying all kinds of different ice cream but what if people that's all they were buying and your profit margin wasn't enough and you yeah. can't pay your rent i know i know it's hard fascinating interview um i think we learned a lot here where can people find out more about you chris um fractalrecording.com which will be in the there's probably a link in the show notes as well fractalrecording.com because yeah. <laughs> i control the show notes yes, yes there will be um <laughs> And if you want to find out more about me, yes, uh, Profit First Professionals, that's where Cindy came from. We are looking for bookkeepers and accountants to become certified in Profit First, but we're only looking for the best of the best. So Cindy had to go through a vetting process. We found her. We interviewed her customers, and we said, you know what, Cindy, we want you on board. Um, so ProfitFirstProfessionals.com. That's it. This was great, right? <laughs> and by the way, I didn't have to say... Uh, the super because you weren't, dude. I knew you forgot it. No, no, I re- I remember. Oh, now I feel like a tool. I was waiting. I was trying to keep the 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 audience in in, in limbo in limbo, right? Just to stay on. No, the but longer. then, but hey, our guest said it, dude. I, dude, that's a victory. Dude, that's a first. We did, we should give a prize for that. Yeah, he gets a prize. Holy cow! You know his prizes. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing, and he likes it. No, we'll send him a scoop of butter pecan. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Brent, thank you if you're still listening in. Yeah. And Cindy, we love you guys. Right? This has been awesome. Thanks for listening, everyone. Dude, send us your thoughts, what you want for a, t- a name, uh, a word for us to drop. Yes. We want it. We need that. Keep sending them. Super yes. Califragis. And also keep commenting on the blog. We've received a couple awesome oh, comments. Next episode, I'm going to drop yeah, a yeah. comment. Listen- oh, my God. So thanks, everybody, for listening again. ProfitFirstPodcast.com. And uh, we'll see you next time. Later. Later.